0: On this episode of the Nationwide Real Estate Mastery Podcast, we set out with Jason Lavender to uncover why wholesalers should hold rentals and how to raise private money to fund your deals. Welcome to the Nationwide Real Estate Mastery Podcast, where we provide actionable steps to help you get your first or next real estate deal. Now, during this episode, you're gonna discover exactly why wholesalers should hold rentals and how to raise private money to fund your business. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, my name is Sean Young, today's host, and I love all things real estate. Now, before I introduce you to our incredible guest speaker today, I wanna make a request that if at any point in the show, you like what you're hearing, please give us a thumbs up so that you never miss an episode. And make sure to take a look in the description of this episode as we've packed it with thousands of dollars in free resources. Now today, we have the privilege to learn from a man who has made every mistake in the book. Now, prior to his career in real estate, he owned a construction remodeling company that he ran for over 20 years. But all that changed when he got that itch to try something different and got tired of trading hours for dollars. I would describe our next guest as someone who is authentic as they come. I'd like to introduce you all to the one, the only, Jason Lavender. Jason. Hey, Sean. How's it going, brother? I am doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Man, I I am thank you for taking time out, man. I'm super excited to have you share your information with our audience today. You've been? So before we dive in, into it, man, can you give our audience a quick like sixty second background on who you are and where you come from?
1: Man, I'll try. I'll try. All right. Sixty seconds. <laughs> uh, don't don't uh uh, don't time me so yeah my name is jason lavender i'm in the wichita kansas market uh, born and raised uh, i've got a great family and uh yeah like you said i i uh, had a remodeling company for gosh uh, 25 years honestly uh it's all i knew how to do uh i enjoyed it that's how i provided for my family um but i knew the writing was on the wall I, you know i don't see a whole lot of old time you know and i was still on my job sites with my guys all the time and so I was done climbing ladders and, uh, 2017. Um, yeah, I, I dove in, I bought a re, uh, uh, auction property and rehabbed it myself, flipped that property and I caught the bug. I just kept going, uh, was introduced to wholesaling in 2018. And, uh, yeah, I, I haven't looked back. And so we've got a, a great mix of, uh, rehabs, uh, wholesaling operation. Uh, you know, we, we've, we knew to pivot and, and, obviously the, the goal is to hold property. And so we've got long and short-term rentals, we're doing developments and, uh, yeah, you name it, uh, we'll, we'll analyze it. And if it makes sense, you know, we're, we're going to go after it. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's what we're doing now. I've got a great team, uh, all to you know, the people that you have around you. And so, uh, I'm no stra- i um, I'm no exception to that. And so my team is really what
0: helps me shine and, and helps us get deals done. Man, that is awesome, brother. Thank you so much for giving that background to our audience. Now, Jason, before we dive into the steps on why wholesalers should hold rentals and how they can raise private money for your business, you contribute a lot of your success to your ability to adopt and 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 knowing when to pivot, like you just said a minute ago, and having great mentors. Why do you think this has played such a, a huge role in, in your success?
1: Well, yeah, so I think you know, as investors, we can't, we can't just be one trick ponies and, um, you know, to, 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 to know when to adapt and to pivot. Uh, I knew that going in as a house flipper, um, you know, that is, it's a very arduous intensive business. It's a cash intensive business. And, you know, I I was only going to get so far, um, you know, using the resources I had, and I, I love teaching people how to, how to raise private money. And so that was something that I had to learn how to do you know from the jump uh but yeah learn opening up the wholesaling doors uh you know it opened the the way it opened up all the options for me to to pursue other investment opportunities and you know and i you mentioned mentors i mean i'm a huge fan of continuing education and you know having mentors so i've had you know plenty throughout my career uh since i jumped in in 2017 and you know honestly i'm not the sharpest tool in the shed but i can Follow a script that other
0: people tell me to follow, and that's what I've done, and and you know that's why I attribute my success to. Nice, nice, man, love it, man. So let me ask you this, man. You said you started out uh, wholesaling. How were you getting wholesaling deals? Like, what, what were your marketing techniques? You know, what strategies were you using to once you got, you know, how how did you do your business? Let's let's start from day one. If I was someone that you were speaking to out here, and you said, "Hey, man, I I, I wholesale," then I moved into holding these properties, and they said, "Well, what is wholesaling?" How did you do it? Mm -hmm. Could you let us know how that worked? That's a great question. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, when I when I first learned about wholesaling assignment assignable contracts, I was like, man, this is this for real? (laughs) And then you know, learned quickly that yeah, of course it is. And the key to it is marketing. And so, you know, I much like anybody else, I started you know driving for dollars and some of the you know free and low cost uh, uh, options of of trying to find distressed properties and talk to sellers. And so I'd, you know, I would do that, uh, deal machines. I think was the first app I got and, you know, use the crap out of that and you know, skip traits it. And, uh, another big thing that I did initially, um, and we've actually revisited this just recently, but, uh, I was a bandit sign king for 2018, 2019. I mean, I put out so many bandit signs or I was paying people to put them out. Um, that was the, those were home runs for us. And, you know, that's market specific. Sometimes that's super saturated. Sometimes that is really frowned upon. I mean, you know, I, that, but that's, you know, some people, most people were zigging. I knew I needed to zag. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, driving for dollars and bandit signs were my initial jump into uh, marketing
0: for distressed sellers and, and uh, wholesaling. So once you, you, you found those properties driving around for dollars, like, what what gave you an idea that this was a good property that you should, you know, spend time skip tracing and skip tracing for our audience out there in case you're new to the show. That's basically where you're looking up the the um, owner's information or that house owner's information so you can know how to reach them, contact them, and um, pitch them your offer.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah, when I was driving for dollars, you know, what, what made it a good, I mean, the competitive advantage that I had, and I always teach people this, like, everybody's got a competitive advantage. I mean, they've got something in their repertoire that's unique to them that will help them in real estate investing. Um, my competitive advantage was I was in construction, so I knew what property rehabs needed. I knew what, I knew what a crappy house looked like. I knew what a roof cost. I knew what, you know, how much it was, it was going to be to replace the deck and, you know, everything that, that is helpful to know. I mean, and, and quite and honestly, wholesalers don't need to know the in-depth anatomy of a house and how much everything's going to cost. It's, it's very helpful. And uh, so that was a competitive advantage I had. And so when I called the seller, uh, or, you know, when they would reach out to me, I'd make an appointment and I was, you know, I wore every hat in the book. I mean, I was the acquisition manager. I was disposition. I was marketing director. I was everything. You know, that's just how, it, that's how we all start. And, uh, I was no stranger to that, but yeah, I mean, I'd go make an appointment. I'd walk it through. I'd have a pretty accurate idea of what you know it was going to cost to rehab this and I was you know uh, I was fortunate to have MLS comps from the jump uh through access on uh, somebody uh on my team uh a friend of mine and uh so yeah start making offers and uh you know I I was a I was a rehabber so I was flipping houses uh I was wholesaling basically four and and flipping one wholesale four flip one wholesale four flip one I mean, uh So I was trying to capture multiple revenue streams, which to me is, is key. Um, but yeah, that was my competitive advantage and be able to lock up contracts. And then, you know, most people uh, uh, think acquisitions is, you know, it stops after the acquisition, but we double down on our disposition. And I think that's just as key as as the acquisition is, uh, we, we adopt what we, we kind of call a concierge of approach to disposition. We identify the buyers that we want, um, to sell these properties to, to maximize our profit. So
0: that's what we do. Okay. So you go after your buyers first, figure out what they want. Then you you supply them.
1: We always know what our buyers are looking for. So when our properties come along, when we're wholesaling, uh, when we get something under contract or even, you know, we've got a lead, I can make, just having our pulse on my market, so I'm in Wichita, Kansas. You know, it's a mid-sized market. We're, you know, my county's half a million. Uh, so I run uh, several meetups, investor clubs. I mean, I've got m- my pulse on what the activity is in our market, and so you know, I know people that have the 1031 money. I know people that like the little pockets uh, of town. You know, they they want a certain part of town. They like the older homes. They like the newer homes, mid-century modern just having that idea and it's it's doable in my market because it is a you know a mid mid sized market I realize people are in Phoenix or you know on the coast or whatever and it might be a little bit more difficult but knowing that information as best you can you're gonna maximize your disposition dollars uh, because like I said I can match up a property with that specific buyer and um, you know and we we, we do that quite a bit. I mean, we still leverage our buyers list. We leverage, you know, the tools that we can to dispo. Um, but having
0: those relationships, there's, there's no substitute for that, in my opinion. Understood. Understood. So now that you, you've got these good relationships in place with your buyers, you, you, you're saying, you know, you, you, you're, you're wholesaling for, you're, you're flipping one. What pushed you into the transition to say, hey, I want to hold some of these properties. And not only that, but I have the courage or have the knowledge to know how to go out there and get that funding because I know that's where a lot of wholesalers kind of get hung up in that transitional point of saying, "Hey, how do you get the funding for this?"
1: Sean, oh, that is the game changer right there. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, wholesalers. You know, and I said it like we we can't be a one trick pony. Um, and for me personally, uh, it was out of necessity. I I had a small um, Roth. IRA, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, lifelong entrepreneur, I mean, I was not super smart with my previous businesses and, you know, I didn't have this mountain of, uh, retirement built up. So boom, I hit my mid forties and I'm like, all right, bet this is it. It's all on real estate. And so, you know, having access to off-market properties that are deeply discounted, uh, knowing what I could cherry pick, um, and, and keep as rentals, man, it was on. So we've got, We've got pretty significant strategies that we identified five uh, five exit strategies on what comes in our funnel. and long-term rental is one of uh, and so when it it meets the criteria of 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 that, uh, we we go after it, you know we'll we'll lock it up and we keep it as long-term rentals. And of course, it may need a lighter major rehab, uh, the private money that you're talking about, the funding, how we've been able to fund, has uh, been significant, and I could talk about that all day. I mean, quite honestly, it was something, when it was introduced to me, I was like, I don't have, you know, I was very skeptical about it. I don't have a rich uncle. You know, I didn't come for money. I don't have money around me. Um, but true, truth be told, we all have a, a sphere of influence, a network around us that is just you know, looking to partner with and, and get a greater return. And so that's that's what we do. I never ask anybody for money. I ask people, I'll qualify people to partner with me to loan me money on projects. I mean, that, and that's the phrasing I use. I'm like, I'm not looking for money. I don't ask for money. I selectively choose partners to uh, work our projects with. And I don't use any of my own money. I mean, we, we, we use private money, 100%. Uh, we refinance all our properties on the backside with local small banks, um, but initially everything is done with private money upfront.
0: Nice, nice. So those five exit strategies—I know long-term rentals was one. What, what was what were the other four?
1: All right. So when, we're, when we get a funnel, we get a property coming in. You know, we look to identify whether it's going to be a wholesale, whether it's going to be a flip. Whether it's going to be a long-term rental, a short-term rental, or if it's going to be a land contract, um, a contract for deed, a RTO, um, and, or a lease option. You know, that's, you know some sort of owner carrier or creative, creative terms deal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've got short-term rentals, long-term rentals. We do flips. We wholesale. Um, and then we identify some that are, again, uh, if the criteria is met, you know, we're going to do, do a contract for deed or uh, RTO.
0: Okay. Okay. And
1: they're all unique. I mean, they're quite honestly, they're all unique. I mean, it's, you know, if, if you put pencil to paper and you, and you think about all this and you look at it through those five lenses, uh, it's going to become kind of clear. And if you know your market well, I mean, this, I, I just invest in my backyard. I don't do anything virtually. Uh, I think it would be a little bit harder, but I'd know my area. I know my town. Uh, and so if I look at it through those five lenses, I'm going to know the areas that, I think are going to be that in my market that that work well with short-term rentals. I'm going to know that the C-class neighborhoods that I'll I'll do long-term rentals in all day long. I'm going to know the burbs and the areas that are going to be, you know, A, a or B-class neighborhoods that are uh, going to be fantastic flips. Uh, wholesales, you know, we'll, we'll always dangle that carrot on the wholesale. If we can make, um, if we can make 60% of what we would make on a flip, we'll we'll go ahead and wholesale it. And then the contract for deeds, honestly, those, uh, I, I really like those we're doing, we're doing quite a bit more of those as the market cools down a little bit and people, you know, sanity came back to the market on the flips that, uh, you know, we're not getting crazy offers, people waiving inspections and all that we're doing contract for deed. Cause there's still a huge market for that. Um, and quite honestly, if there's a, if there's a problem with the property, uh, oftentimes we'll, we know we can bypass uh you know people looking for their forever home and and uh and the inspectors that come with that and we can do a rent to own uh and serve you know serve our community that way uh so anyway those, those are the five that we look through that's not exhaustive but
0: that's that's what we do as a team nice nice man i, I love that i love all those different exit strategies and Right now, like you mentioned, uh, the lease option strategy or the creative strategy is is a great strategy that that's you know especially you know uh, uh, valuable in today's market on on both ends. Like you say, um, you're 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 helping out the community uh, by helping out a, a potential tenant buyer, and you're helping that seller offload that property as well, keep those home values high. So that's a great strategy in today's market. Is that how you guys are basically pivoting with with the shift and how things are changing? Is that what you're leaning on more nowadays? Numbers.
1: 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I knew the writing was on the wall in July. That, uh, we pivoted in July. Mm-hmm. And uh, so right now we've got some inventory that's still on the market um, as a, at, we're selling. Um, but we've, yeah, we've pivoted pretty hard on, um, yeah, taking our private money, buying those properties. Rehabbing it, and we we can do less of a rehab for an RTO or contract for deed, uh, and then um, yeah, that's how we're that's how we're selling uh, most of our inventory now because the market's tight now. It's a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know the inventory that we've got out that, that's out for sale, it's getting kind of picked over. The days on market's a little little higher. When we do get contracts, we're getting beat up on inspections uh, you know, we're getting negotiated down, asking for closing costs. I mean, everybody, everybody was a genius in house flipping, you know, 18 months ago yeah. up to six months ago. Cause you know, people were waving inspections and offering their firstborn, and you know, you name it. Yeah. Uh, so if that's still the, that, that is now gone and, and, uh, you know, the market's, you know, showing us something completely different. I mean, the smart investor is going to pivot. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to rehab to the extent that I was, you know, dripped and, and, you know, and all this, uh, you know, full high end remodel because I'm not going to capture, you know, 30,000 over asking price anymore. It's just gone. That's gone. Uh, But, yeah, we can still take that same product, uh, that same property and uh, rehab it uh, with moderately and uh, do, yeah, do a contract for deed or a land contract on it.
0: Yeah, we come out smelling like roses all day on that great good good stuff man good stuff as as many of you guys know out there the nationwide real estate mastery podcast it's a show that allows our guest speakers to break down exactly what they do just like jason is doing right now now in the description of this episode there will be a link to be able to reach out to jason speak with him directly and get more of this great information that he has to offer us jason let me ask you man what is your team looking like today have you scaled your your team down at all or are you, are you still, you know, how are you operating right now?
1: Uh, all right. So what we're at currently, we haven't really scaled down. We've, you know, pit pit of it doesn't always mean, you know, uh, contract. I mean, we're, 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 we're still strong on our team. So we've got an acquisition manager, uh, Connor, he's killing it. He's, uh, but they got, he's awesome. Uh, so, Connor, we've got four project managers, so we, we do a lot of heavy rehabs, and so I've got four project managers, and I tie, I tie everybody to uh, a percentage of the pie. I always look at it, our projects, whether it's a wholesale deal, and you know, we're tied to a percentage, you know, my acquisition manager tied to a percentage, our project manager's are tied to success of the project, so four, four project managers, uh, acquisition manager, I have a marketing director, uh, I've got a personal assistant, and then we've got three cold callers right now um, I've got uh, let me see two other VAs. so those are all virtual assistants and I've got two other administrative VAs um, and then I've got a I mentioned Airbnbs so I've got a Airbnb manager she does fantastic uh, we've got seven Airbnbs we're looking to scale and grow that as well um yeah like I said I I so rely on my team like I wouldn't I wouldn't be anything without without our team.
0: What's your what's your guys' biggest struggle or challenge right now?
1: Good question, man. Um so coming on the heels of, of hot and heavy flipping, our biggest struggle was cash flow we it was you know, flipping flipping's a cash intensive business and we did uh you know, we use private funds, uh, but when you know, I had eighteen flips going at one point and you know, I got that's that's a lot of Moving parts and Indeed. the cash flow, you know, that's great. Tra- transactional. Um, you know, I think we've got that problem solved. I actually hired a, a finance and business coach, and Cody's killing it, man. He's helping me so much. Uh, that's great. I'd say on our wholesaling business, um, you know, most people say leads. You know, that's always, we all want, you know, 10 hot leads a day, you know, ready to sign up. You know, I, I'd say our leads are fine. Um, I'd say our well, one big, big thing that we're really hammering out right now, and I, I was late to the game on this, was really ironing out all of our standard operating procedures, having everything documented. So I'd say that's you know something I I, sh- I should have been doing a long time ago. I actually took a crack at it, but uh, we're finally just now implementing some some good standard
0: operating procedures uh, across the board on every every team member nice nice so that that is huge so so uh having standard operating procedures guys if you're listening um they're they're very important and as jason is saying uh, it, it's going to help him maximize you know the return on his investments uh, jason let me ask you man yeah. what do you think your life absolutely. would be like yeah and that no go ahead go ahead absolutely didn't mean interrupt you I, I just on just on the SOPs, i'll
1: tell you this sean what again, I I was, I was asleep at the wheel on this one for a while and it was to my detriment. And, you know, everybody listening, you know, whether your team is big, whether, you know, I'm sorry, whether your team is small, here's the one man show, uh, or you've got a, you know, a huge operation. If you don't have a a manual, you know, if it's not written out, if you don't have a game plan, a playbook of each and every, uh, position within your organization or the positions that you know are going to be, you're, identifying to fill, you're going to be like me. And again, I'm an open book. I failed at this miserably. And so what the worst thing in the world is like, you're onboarding somebody, you see a a key component of your business or, you know, uh, in your operation, like for instance, you know, you're doing all wearing all the hats on acquisitions and you you realize, uh, or in your business, you you realize you want to hire acquisition. Well, if you look, if you can't hand that acquisition manager a playbook, Man, And you're just going back and forth with a thousand emails and text messages just trying to onboard this, you know, this person. And that's what I did. And I failed. I mean, I lost so much time. I just, so now, you know, too many, too many of my mentors have been beat in my head. You know, like, just get your standard procedures down. I mean, um, and, and it's, it's not as overwhelming and daunting as it, as it sounded to me anyway. Uh, it's, it's simply put, you know, just document. You know, what you're doing and this is where we leverage our virtual assistants. You know, I'd, I would be buried without virtual assistants. I mean, we'll simply create a video, uh, you know, we'll 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 sketch out an outline and, you know, we delegate that and uh, you know, whammo, we got a we got our standard procedures for our you know, I just onboarded the new market a uh, new marketing director and uh, yeah, it was it's been a pretty hasn't been painless, but it's been, you know, pretty easy handoff. So anyway, sorry. I'll no, man, let that, that one great go. Stuff. But just, that was that was a huge lesson that I learned.
0: Huge, huge. Great, great stuff. And I'm sure our audience needs to hear that. Um, you know, everyone needs to hear that, man, including myself. Because, like Jason said, we have all failed out there. I failed miserably myself. And uh, you know what we do is we dust ourselves off and we keep going forward. But when we have great mentors and coaches uh, that are helping, you know, give us the right information, it's up to us to listen as well. Man, what what do you think things would be like if you would have never found real estate, you know, never got successful with wholesaling and then holding properties and you were still in, in construction? What do you think life would be like right now?
1: Well, I mean, I'd, you know, I've got a good disposition and I'd be probably generally happy no matter what I'm doing. But I can tell you, you know, I was still, I would be still trading, you know, hours for dollars. But, um, you know, I would, I'd be lugging along on a project, you know, I'd be still driving around my work truck and, you know, banging myself up and older I get, the less I'd be able to do. Uh, I'm just, I feel very fortunate to have found real estate, to find wholesaling and, and to be able to, you know, I've created now what a lot of people call, you know, more of a kind of a lifestyle job. And, uh, you know, I, I work as hard as I ever have worked, but I enjoy it 10 times more. Uh, and I've got, you know, the freedom to do stuff that we, you know, like we like to do now, which we, we travel a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, and we set our own schedule. I wouldn't trade it for
0: the world. I mean, that's, that's what I love. Nice. Nice. Man, Jason, this has been a lot of great, great information. We have, um, we have shared a lot with our audience. I'm sure you've given a lot that they could take away from this interview and, and going out, go out there and make some things happen, take some actionable steps. Really, really quickly, before we we move to the next section, what would you say is, what is the best piece of advice you can give someone right now who's going to hang up, they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to say, man, I, I want to raise some money. What do I say? Like, what exactly would I say to the first person I want to ask this to? All
1: right, so if you're looking to dive into raising private capital, <clears throat> a few things, you've got to understand that you've got to adopt the mentality that, you are not asking people for money. You are looking to partner with people. Uh, a great book I would recommend is Susan Lasseter Lyons is the author. It's called getting the money and that will show you and teach you how to identify your sphere of influence and just start, begin, begin to leverage some of these conversations, um, about, Hey, I'm looking for partners. Real estate's all about partnerships. My gosh. We talk about partnerships all day as wholesalers. You know, we talk about partner, partner, this and partner that. Well, that's true, and we can look for to leverage relationships that we've got, and we look for partnerships. Not partnership. You know, I've got the deal, you got the money, we're partners, and so that again, it's just a mentality shift. I I still I teach this to this day, and I don't know why it wasn't a huge hurdle for me. Maybe because I had. Some initial success, just with some of the first conversations. But most people I talk to think it's just a mental hurdle to get over. But <clears throat> however you can do it, you just got to get over it. Uh, you're not begging for money. You're not asking for money. You're looking for strategic partnerships. Uh, that book I mentioned, Getting the Money, it's a great book. I'd start with that. Um, and then, yeah, l- literally, you just you want to identify, I think it talks about this in the book, you want to identify you know, three to five people that you can have an initial conversation with. Uh, It helps to have a good track record. I mean, if you are just getting started and you've done one deal, you know, it's a little bit harder conversation. But once you've got a few deals under your belt, you know, you've got a track record, uh, you know, those conversations are much, much, much easier. Um, And and yeah, you just, you know, you got to go. You just got to do it. I mean, sometimes it's just, Two first first name later.
0: Uh, you know, I agree. You can't, you can't overthink it. You, you got to go, guys. You hear what he just said? He he just gave you action, actionable steps. So after this call here, take some action. Reach out to people. You're looking for strategic partnerships, not money. You're not asking people for money. So remember, he's saying it's a mind, it's a mindset thing. That's what's preventing. I know a lot of folks from taking that next step is because of that mindset shift. So he just gave you guys some great, great actionable steps. Gave you a great book, Getting the Money by Susan Lasseter. Guys, what, what more could you ask for? Man, that brings us right. to the next set That's right. You know, and, and Sean, one. Sure, go ahead.
1: One thing I want to say, too, is, you know, like, just to piggyback on that. If you've got a social media, you've, it's going to really help if you've got a social media presence. If you don't, and you're flying under the radar, it might be a little bit harder, but if you've got a social media presence, let people should be knowing what you do. People should know who you are, what you do, to, you're active on, on social media, you're showing what you're doing, you know, and I, I can respect the people that just want to lay low and, you know, quite honestly, I, I can deeply respect people that just are off social media. If you are on it though, leverage it as a business tool. People need to know what you're doing, who you are, that you're an authority uh, in your space, and you know there's there's just something about that uh, that when you go to to identify some of these strategic partners, they're already sold, they're already halfway there. You don't got to you're not you're not on the starting line, you're already halfway there. So uh, that may go without saying, but you know it's got to
0: be said. Great point. Great point. Man, great, great stuff. Jason, we, we've reached the section of the show that we call the rapid-fire section. This is where I ask you a question, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, Lord. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, how strict were your mm-hmm. plans? Oh, man, probably 7. Okay. Get up early or stay up late? Stay up late. How many hours of sleep do you get? Six. Favorite or last book read? Ooh, good one. Um last book I read was um
1: The Comic Habits.
0: Okay. If you could be any superhero, who would it be? Ooh. Um Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> something something everyone should do less of. Oh, man. Complain. Something everyone should do more of. Uh, have gratitude. Bitcoin, bang or bust? Love. If you had one wish, Jason, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good one, Sean.
1: Um, yeah, probably for the people that I'm nearest and closest to, to to see and reach their potential.
0: Nice, nice. Jason, what what final thoughts do you want to share with our audience before we get out of here today?
1: Man, uh, something I was thinking about before we jumped on this call is uh you know, oftentimes we talk about like you know what's working in your business, what you know, what's that secret sauce or something. I wanted to share with your audience, I just one of one of the lists that we're doing right now that I that we are popping on, and it's really it's really hitting. Uh, so we call it a Flip Neighbors list, and uh, so basically, I'm just going to break it down real quick. Yeah, so what that is to us, I identified there, there were there are some uh, some people in my market that would go out and door knock. And, you know, it was, it was, it's something that a lot of acquisition managers or business owners teach their acquisition manager is, you go on an appointment at 123 Main Street, I want you to go hang a door knocker on, you know, 124 Main Street and 122 2 Main Street and maybe a couple across the house mm-hmm. or across the street. So I just took that mentality. And so I took, I took all the, the 50 flips that we did this year and I put them all out and I gave them to my VA. And I said, I, I want to find eight addresses around each of those flips that we did. Cause if it was a, if it was a property that was, you know, good for a flip and an investment, mm-hmm. the neighbors are, you know, a good mm-hmm. opportunity. So we did that and I started popping, uh, we got, we got our cold collars on that and it's a small, it's a niche list, but it's good. So I took, I doubled down on that. And so we did every wholesale deal that we did. I looked and identified every wholesale deal that uh, people in my air, er- other wholesalers were doing, you know, we scraped, um, all the auctions any auction property uh and again just identifying if you know one two three main street was uh, was was popping chances are i mean just you know dumb luck one of the houses around it might be a good opportunity so that's been our best performing list for the past probably three months Mm -hmm. um and we just we just continue to get creative on building that out uh we do you know like, like i said our auctions We've got a, a local auction house here, in McCurdy, and so you know they're a private auction, and they've they've always got 30 houses a month or so, and so we scrape that. We scrape Facebook groups, uh, marketplace. Um, we've even started hitting some of the rentals, so some of the hot rental areas. Um. Anyway, so it it it's been said that the best list uh, that's going to perform one is the one that you create yourself, mm-hmm. and so. You know, again, that's the whole premise behind driving for dollars, and uh, we just took that and we and we're, we're running with our flip neighbor list. Uh, and you know, we scrape it. It's you know, our VA does; they do a lot of hard work, and they'll pull these, they'll pull all the addresses and names and first and last and everything, and skip trace it. And um, but yeah, I wanted to I wanted to drop that. Uh, you know, your audience. I think there's a lot of people probably
0: have some version of that, but
1: that's that's been popping for us
0: man that is awesome stuff man did you guys hear that the flip neighbor list past three months this is what jason has been doing to crush it out here so guys go out there take some action he just told you exactly how to go do that so if if you need any any other clues rewind listen to this again you'll definitely get those steps he he just broke it right down for you jason how can our audience reach you man and, and get more great information like this and get a hold of you
1: and uh I got no problem with giving out my number. Call me anytime. Hit me up. Text me 316-641-5897 is my number. Facebook is always a great Jason Lavender. Um, TikTok. I think it's Jason underscore Lavender and Instagram as well. Um, Any more these days,
0: you, you don't have to
1: uh, search too hard. Uh, hit me up anyway.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. I thank you so much, man. Thank you for coming on today's show and adding so much valuable information to our audience. Man, thank you so much, brother. Now yeah, you're welcome, Sean. You're welcome, Sean. Man, it was good to be on. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And to our listeners out there, you guys have made it to the end of the show. So give yourselves a big pat on the back because most people never finish what they start, and you just did. Now, if you got any value out of today's show, please share this with a friend or on your Facebook page. Like the video, subscribe to our channel, and send us topics that you want to learn more about. So until the next time, you can catch me on any one of my social media platforms. I'll see you guys on the other side. Jason, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, brother. Thank you. With this crayon on my head, I'm seated on the throne. The top is so alone. Only thing that keeps me gone is I know my city love me. I know my city love me. I know my city love me. I know my city love me.